Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and we're here today to talk about the gap. Now we've already spoken about self-talk and you know the importance of the three levels of self-talk. Parent, adult, child, or in psychological, sports psychology, it's called the motivator, the instructor, and the, re the rewarder. So these three provide an internal dialogue in your brain 24-7. Most of the time, you don't need them because if you're going well in the direction of whatever you want to achieve, you only get the feedback from the outer world to say to you, you're doing fine. And there is no self-talk that disrupts it. So as long as you're heading in the direction of wherever you want to go, um, the self-talk doesn't become a topic of interest. However, when the going gets tough, when an athlete starts riding up a very steep hill and other competitors start riding past them, or when they're skiing down the hill and they drop a ski and they're, uh, they're in the mud and, and, the, and the snow and they've got to recover, or if they're uh, uh, in the middle of, uh, of some event, uh, let's say that's the start of the 100 metres at the Olympic Games and suddenly they're standing next to someone of the calibre of Usain Bolt and suddenly their negative self-talk starts to creep in and all of a sudden they find themselves under the, under the pressure of a circumstance, a drama, to revert to uh, an old pattern of self-talk. One of the skills that we learn in order to prevent us reverting into the lower, or the, let's, say, let's call it the left road of self-talk. One of the skills we learn is to imagine uh, and visualize a stop sign, the, the sort of stop sign that has stop written on it in the middle of the road. It says, don't go here. And we visualize a stop sign. In other words, when we hear ourselves starting to be uh, demotivating, which is, in other words, tell us what we're doing wrong, when we hear us give instruction as if we're stupid and we hear ourselves not giving ourselves reward for effort, we know we've become way attached to uh, the outcome. We've become like a very critical parent. You can imagine there's a kid, your child, someone's child, sitting on the floor doing a drawing. And you can imagine if you just leant over the top of the drawing and went, oh, that's shit. The likelihood of that child wanting to continue to do drawing or to do the next drawing with anger or do it with disappointment or seek your approval is very high. So we know that to, in, to, to speak to the positive, to reward people for effort, to reward ourselves and motivate ourselves and say, well done, good effort, well done, good effort, nice job. And we know how to do this. We know how to do this. So the motivator will never deliver the downside it will always work on the inside of the brain to give us supportive uh, what we call in my work the parenting which is good parenting which is to treat people as you wish them to become and we need to start that in our own brain to treat ourselves as we wish to become the second part of it is to become the instructor and the instructor isn't like a dictator and whipping the blackboard. The instructor is just saying, we already know this. We already know this. We know how to do this. It focuses on process. And last but not least, uh, the rewarder. 
the rewarder, the child, is looking across at the kid on the floor and going, now that looks really beautiful. That looks really beautiful. That's a great piece of art. That's a great... The rewarder is with rewarding effort. And with these three in place, we can take away a lot of the load of the external things trying to motivate, uh, instruct and reward us. Because when we get addicted to a boss or uh, another person, we're hoping that the external information feeds into the brain and stops this negative feedback from, from uh, circulating, this negative self-talk of the critical motivator, the critical uh, instructor and the negative rewarder. We're hoping the external world fills that up and, and stops the brain from being this critical. But here's the rub. The self-talk comes first. No human being achieved success, uh, whether it's an athletic performance, riding a bike up a hill or a 100-metre sprint or whatever. No business person ever achieved success fighting against negative self-talk and negative uh, 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 feedback systems in their brain. They actually started from that. And so it is a, an actual effort. And the best way to achieve that effort is to take a pen and paper and for two days walk around making notes to yourself about what you think, what you say to yourself, how you respond to things. And make notes down a column. They're very short uh, little brief statements like, oh, you messed that up. What? Oh, there's another one. Damn it. Or I don't think I'm going to get this job. Or this doesn't feel right. Or something like that. Down the left-hand column. Then you go down that list after a couple of days and you score each one against whether it's motivational feedback, motivational self-talk, whether it's instructional self-talk or whether it's rewarding self-talk. What you're looking for is a balance of all three. Then you go on a third column and you just, after you've initialised them, what you're trying to do is uh, come up with an alternative self-talk. Remembering this is what comes first. The self-talk comes before the success because if we achieve things and we build things and we get rewards and we get acknowledgement and we get motivated, we will turn that motivation into a doubt. We will turn that motivation into a criticism and we'll turn that reward into a didn't, uh, what's next type of thing. And we'll be what's called in, in Buddhism the hungry ghost. And so it's really important to get the self-talk right. That being said, it's also very important to set some goals. And the goal-setting habit is the number one earmark of all human success. It's over-dramatised. A lot of people put a lot too, too, far too much energy into the topic. However, it is cr critical that it be done. And the way I do it, and the way I love to do it, is to draw the VIP circle, which I've put in some notes below this on the, on the day chart. Draw the VIP circle, seven areas of life, score them, and then simply with that score, say, what would it take to get me to 10? What would I need to have? What would I need to be and do and have to be 10 in that? What would I be need to be and do and have to get me to 10 in that? What would I need to be and do and have? You use the three, be, do, have. What would you need to be and do and have to take you out to 10 on the, on the uh, 
VIP circle, and they become pretty much your goals. Because if you know what your score is and you know what you have to do, the instructor is very clear on what you uh, can do, you're motivated, the self-talk is there saying, well, I'm here and I need to go there. There's the motivation because now you have direction. You have instruction because now you know what to do. And you have reward because every single day that you do something that steps you in the direction of any of the seven areas of life, you will acknowledge and internally uh, self-talk that you're heading in the right direction. And that's as good as it gets. And that's why goal setting is so critical to success because goal setting causes, if it's done right and it's not done ridiculous, goal setting creates self-talk. And self-talk is the key to success. So I'd encourage you today to go around the, the circle, score yourself, you can be a little harsh on that score, and then you say, what would it take to get me to 10? What would I need to be and do and have? Now, the B means I need to be uh, more conscious. I need to be super conscious. What would I do? I would work diligently at the office in a limited number of hours to get as much done as possible. And you can say what you'd do. And so, or you would have a different job. And what would you need to have, or what would you have as a result, is what's the material gain? What's the, it's sort of like the big why. And it's typically measured in dollars. Not always, but mostly. So go around the seven areas of life, be, do, have. And then um, when you've done that, come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. So often it's not our bodies that let us down in life. It's our mind. And when we're mentally tough, when we truly believe in ourselves and our abilities, we can accomplish incredible things. And that comes from self-talk. It doesn't come from proof. Coaches and leaders know the person who makes it across the line first isn't always the strongest physical person, but they are mentally the toughest. The successful individual isn't always the one who's naturally gifted or the most spiritually awake, but the one who is clearest about their goals. They have unwavering focus and they reflect on their performance to try and improve them every time. And they approach every day with what's called positive energy. This is about the be-do-haves. This is about uh, self-talk. So we've talked about something really powerful here in your 30 days. This kind of mental fitness is so important to success that you would be hard-pressed to find one leader, one elite leader. You would be hard-pressed to find one athlete or one performer who didn't incorporate some kind of mental training into their routine. And I've coached some amazing actors and really famous people. I've coached CEOs and I've been coached, uh, coached community leaders and people who deal with all sorts of things. I've coached all of these people. And the most important thing that they all have in common is they've developed a sense of a habit of goal setting, which is the VIP circle. They've developed a sense of mental toughness through self-talk. And they've been very disciplined about that. Remembering when we train people at a very high level, they're not interested in psychology or psychosis or psychoanalysis. What they want is a quick solution. So the solution we provide, and it's a very uh, commonly used one in sport, is whenever you start talking to yourself negative, whenever you start being coach critical, or you start being uh, uh, 
non-rewarding for your effort or the instructive starts becoming intense and nasty, we put up a stop sign immediately. And we say, which basically is a picture in our head, we've got to stop thinking that. And then we look to the right of the stop sign and we see a road going off into the distance. And that's, the, and that's where we travel, into the positive self-talk. This is critical for health and well-being as well. And sometimes middle managers and, and amateur athletes, are, they adopt many of the methods used by the best in the best. Everybody wants to read Richard Branson's story or some famous woman's story or some, you know, some story of a leader and they, they, they want to adopt all their habits. The mental side of their equation is really overlooked by about 99% of people. And so people aren't looking at the self-talk. They're just looking at the behaviours, trying to emulate them and follow the books. It doesn't matter if you're ambitious to do your best or just want to improve your mental health. You can benefit from the same techniques and exercises that I use to coach the pros. It's mental toughness. So together with Zen monks, Tibetan healers, sports psychologists, fellow coaches, indigenous pipe carriers and academics, we've developed, or I've developed, a practical no-nonsense program that helps you build those habits. This 30-day challenge, just pieces of what we've done so far, have helped you create uh, the habits of success. Over the next two weeks, you'll be building these habits through all the audio modules that I've made available. Think of these sessions for the next period of time before the end of the 30 days as inner wealth workouts for the brain. <laughs> and while you're looking after yourself using the Power Hour, the remaining part of this program is going to focus very intensely on uh, building the habits of success and dealing with those things that might be negative or might be, uh, have the ability to knock you off your pedestal. Goal setting. Now, having a clear plan of action is essential. You would never build a building without an architect drawing it first. You would never travel somewhere without thinking of the map or where it's going to be and how you're going to stay there when you get there. And yet many people live just waiting for the opportunities to arrive on their desk. And that means what they go through is, in a sense, um, a surrender of self-talk. And then self-talk is randomised. Now, as I said earlier, while we're heading in the direction of uh, and, and achieving things in all seven areas of life, we don't need to, to concentrate on self-talk because there's just no pushback to challenge it. But usually the, our default in pushback is only revealed, our default in self-talk is only ever revealed when we're under the pump when something goes wrong at work or something goes wrong at home and then we're pushed into our self-talk. And maybe your self-talk was developed as a child. Maybe it was developed as a, a, a young mum or maybe it was developed as a mature age dad. It's somewhere along the line we create this self-talk and it gets stuck. So setting concrete, actionable goals will help you to l be motivated because the motivating voice inside you, the self-talk, will uh, be encouraging you to achieve those things. It will help you know what to do because it will be clearly instructional because you know what you want, therefore know what to do. And it will be rewarding because every step you take will be a step on a stepping stone toward the goal.
That makes the best version of you every single day of your life. And instead of trying to change yourself on the outside, we really need to work on self-talk. Strong focus is really essential to high performance and without it you become distracted and you, you, you lose sight of what you're working towards. But when we're focused, we shut out distractions, we shut out in, to a you know, extent pain and suffering and we keep moving forward on, and make stumbling blocks into stepping stones. So strong focus comes as a result of the gap analysis, setting yourself a where am I now, where do I want to be, gap. What would 10 out of 10 look like? gap. The most important about this gap process is this. Every goal you ever achieve in your life creates two more. And so we're not looking to achieve at the end of the day, 10 out of 10 can't be uh, nirvana. It can't be the end game. What it is, is just from here to there looks doable. From here to there looks enjoyable from here to there would make me 10 out of 10. But I guarantee you this, this is what I guarantee. When you get to 10 out of 10 and you achieve the goal, 10 out of 10 becomes six out of 10. And so that's why trees, tree trunks grow in rings. What looked like 10 out of 10 uh, six months ago is now five out of 10. And then it's time to reset the goals. And so what I'm teaching you here is not necessarily how to create uh, goals and chip them into the side of the pyramids. What I'm suggesting here is that having goals is a really important part of mental strength, mental health. It's really important part of self-talk and it's a really important part of making sure that you walk down a path and enjoy it. You get the feedback and you, what's going inside your brain is really positive. So it doesn't mean you have to write thousands and pages of literature. You just need to say, what would 10 out of 10 look like? What would I need to be and do and have? And you've just about written the end game. And then you say, how would I get there? The instructional part would, get, would come clear. And that's where I help people is creating the stepping stones to goal. So that's another exercise that we do. And I think this is really helpful. You build a strong habit of thinking positively in your brain, you build a strong habit of rewarding yourself for effort and you have clear instruction, which means if you do make error, you, you know that, uh, that whatever you did, you know how to fix it, you know what the thing is to do next time. And then you can reward yourself for the effort for having gone through it, survived it and doing it next time. So, these sessions are really important and goal setting, strong focus, reviewing and improving, looking at how uh, instructionally you can go on and positive self-talk or reward form the pillars of mental strength. And by training your mind, you'll be able to be more effective at home and more effective at work. Plus, you'll stay in the top three zones of the consciousness cone, which is our mission. So... There's a workbook uh, below this audio. I would strongly suggest that you use that. Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, you don't have to use that. You can just scribble in your journal and that would be good enough. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.